Hello, hello, and welcome to probably one of my favorite podcasts uh, that we're going to do. It is the NFL betting extravaganza on every single aspect of the NFL season, and to help it break it all down and add additional flavor to this wonderful pizza that we're cooking. Leo, how you doing? I'm great, man. Hey, look, if you're listening to this at this point, you know we're making your money. We, you know we're making you some money. Yeah. So we're going to keep making you some money. Big time. And here's the other thing. We don't put out seven, eight bets a day. I see degenerate pods go out and go, you know, we're putting seven bets down today. And they go seven, you know, six and one sometimes. And then other days they go, oh, and seven. I get that that's exciting. But that's not winning you any fucking money. We are. It's slow and steady, baby. Vegas wants you to bet on everything. You got to pick the spots you like. And that's what we've done here. This is a culmination of the best bets, the most intriguing bets, uh, some opinion on bets. Um, Let's start at what what I like. Uh, I don't know why I like this bet so much, but I love it. Um, it's called First Coach Fired. <laughs> now, uh, I, That's a sick bet right It now. is That's such a sick, a sick bet. bet. And I've got some rules for this bet. Okay, and The rules for this bet are I don't ever take the favorites. And the reason I don't take the favorites is if I'm going to bet on someone to lose their job, it better be worth it. I'm not petty. I don't play for pennies. So uh, just to run down real quick, Coach First coach fired. Matt Patricia leads the way at three to one. I'm going to tell you, the Lions don't make that kind of move. I don't see them making it in the middle of the year. I don't see a reason to make it. I think I think that's a bad bet. The next one you have is Doug Marone. This was my pick last year. I believe Doug Marone should have been fired last year. But I have a feeling that Doug Marone has stuck around because they want him to drive through one more horrible season and then replace him after the year. If you fire Doug Marone in the middle of this year, I don't know if you, I I have no clue where you turn after that. Now, I've said that Jay Gruden is on that staff. Jay Gruden coached the uh, Washington football team for the last, I think, four years. He could be an obvious in-season replacement. Jay Gruden did not do well at all on the Washington football club. So we'll see how that turns. But that's three to one and four to one. Hold on. Couldn't you see Marone getting fired? You give Jay Gruden the little tryout to finish out the season. And then once you realize you're getting Trevor Lawrence, you go, okay, bye. I'm going to go grab my young offensive mind. Couldn't you see that? Yeah, I would just wait till. That's just a lot of transition for a team that's constantly under siege. Um, I think you keep Doug Marone in there to have an adult voice in the locker room and to help you cull some of the uh, bad. Uh, influences you have and then I, I think you just ride it out but look if he gets fired after week one I'm not surprised I, I'm just saying I'm not going to uh, bet on someone being fired for only four to one odds I'm going to have a little bit of a moral high ground how do you feel about the four net stuff we haven't discussed that on the pod have we four net uh, one of I have a couple stayaways this year. Uh, Fournette is one. Le'Veon Bell's another. Uh, 
Fournette has come out publicly a couple times and said that he's just had trouble getting his head in the game. Uh, they had a ton of problems with him last year. Fournette is not a uh, game-breaking running back. He is a old-school running back. He's part of the Tom Coughlin, uh, I would say, uh, vision. So him him going, I, didn't, I, I don't have him on my fantasy team or would ever even dream of drafting him. I don't think it's a big loss. I don't think anyone's going to be eager to sign him because he's so one-dimensional. Uh, he, he's not an efficient runner either. He's someone who needs 30 rushes to get you that 130 yards. Uh, and people would just much rather do something different with the ball for 20 plays. Nowadays, you got to get your 100 yards and 20 rushes. Um, and he's not capable of that, uh, just not on a regular basis. So I don't really look at it as a loss. Um, the other thing to keep in mind, Jay Gruden is now the offensive coordinator in Jacksonville. Jay Gruden likes pass-catching backs. That's why they brought Kristen Tom, uh, Thompson over from uh, the Washington Football Club to uh, Jacksonville. There is some familiarity there. They're going to throw the ball a lot this year. I don't think running was in their, was in their plan to begin with. Yeah, I mean... I'm sure they want to see what they have out of Gardner Minshew before they go and try to take Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields or Trey Lance or whoever in next year's draft. So I think you're right. Uh, go pass happy, see what you got with Minshew. Maybe he has a great year with Jay Gruden and you can trade him. Bingo. <laughs> I think you're going to try to, to drum up some interest. So when it comes to the first coach fired, we're then going to really turn and get into the thick of it. Adam Gase is 8-1. to one. New GM could definitely... I like that one. I love this one. There are three that I love. I don't think you should put your money on anything else. Adam Gase at 8-1, new GM, uh, new regime. You could see him gone after like week three or four. I think that Adam Gase is a shoe in There's two other coaches that are right around Adam Gase. You have Dan Quinn at 10-1, Bill O'Brien at 11-1. Bill O'Brien has way too much power to go anywhere. First Bill O'Brien's not getting fired. No chance. Not, not mid-season. No That's chance. That's not happening. Dan Quinn could, but they, I, I don't think they make any moves during the season. I think they ride it out. They've been injured. If they're injured again, they're just going to let it go. Uh, the two that I like, I like Adam Gates the most at 8-1. to one. But there are two other ones I have my eyes on, and they're both long shots. Anthony Lynn of the Chargers. They just moved stadiums. If this team starts out horrible with Tyrod and their backups come in, uh, they drafted someone, now I'm blanking on him, but if he comes into this game, I don't see I don't see where they're going to get good production. I just lost Jerwin James to the season, oh, so the I'm defense. Sorry, Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert. I, I, I don't know. This team could struggle again. Could Anthony Lynn be fired midseason? I, I doubt it, but at 25-1, to uh, 1, I'm I intrigued. I see it. It's not unreasonable, you know, now that I'm thinking about it. It's not unreasonable. Now, the other one, there's the, Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy for the Bears is ripe for this picking. They come out, they trade for a quarterback, right? So the GM trades for a quarterback. Okay, so the GM has basically said, your biggest problem last year was a quarterback. I went and got you a Super Bowl MVP. How come you can't win? Now, if they get they start out two and four, that's when you've got a chance for Matt Nagy to get the can and and the GM to try to save his job. The GM will fire Matt Nagy if he feels like this is the end for him if he doesn't get it done. 
So the, the in my power rankings, it's Adam Gase at eight to one, Matt Nagy, and then Anthony Lynn. Uh, if I had to eliminate one, I'm probably going to go eliminate Lynn and give me Adam Gase at eight to one and Matt Nagy at twenty five to one. But I like both of those odds. If you're going to give them to me, um, you basically cut Adam Gase down. You know, this would be one where I'd put a full unit on Adam Gase, so that would be to you know win eight hundred. And I'd put a half unit, fifty bucks on Matt Nagy, uh, which kind of cuts down your your uh, your winning to six to one for Adam Gase is your favorite, uh, and keeps the Matt Nagy bet at twenty five to one for fifty bucks alive, which is a nice payout. So that's my first first kind of corner I looked at, and I saw some good odds that I like. Matt Nagy, Adam Gase, first coach fired. I like both of those. I feel like Doug Marone should be in that conversation, but yep. I like both of those as well. I agree with uh, Doug Marone. I just four to ones. I, I like packaging two together in this case, so I can. A lot of these big bets, when I take one dark horse, I like to take one of the non favorites to 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 try to level it out. The point is to win money, not to win a, right. a fuckload of money. It's to consistently put more money in your pocket than you started the day, and that's my strategy for the first coach fired. Okay, I like it. I don't think I'm going to bet first coach fired that one. I don't feel good about that, but yeah. I like those. It's it's a it's a little bit of a saucy bet. Okay, let's turn over to another favorite that everyone has. Uh, and this is more mainstream. This is the NFL MVP. Uh, as many people know, um, I I've actually got a pretty fucking good pat, uh, two past two years. Um, I did not have Mahomes winning MVP, but I did have him have a breakout season and win the passing yardage, which he lost to Ben by 15 yards. I expected Mahomes to be really fucking good. I had Lamar at 100 to one to win the MVP last year. I learned my lesson from Mahomes. I cashed that in uh, this year. Everyone, and now that it's too late. Everyone is looking for their dark horse. Oh, it's going to be Kyler Murray. Oh, it's going to be so-and-so. Um, th- the thing is, the dark horse, there are no dark horses that are in the position that Mahomes and Lamar were put into. Uh, Lamar's rookie year, he went to the playoffs, okay? So he needed to expand on an already playoff caliber team. Patrick Mahomes took over for Alex Smith, who was a second-round playoff team already. So these were good quarterbacks that came into a position, were given additional help, room to grow, and blossomed. Weird. Uh, the problem with Kyler is he is not in any of those buckets. This is not a playoff team. This is a bad team. They have helped him offensively. That doesn't move the needle in terms of wins. They would have to get about eight more wins for him to be considered an MVP. I don't see it. I don't see eight wins in what could definitely be the toughest division in football. Um, There are quarterbacks, and there is a quarterback in his division that's already better than him. And I don't think he'll ever catch, and that's Russell Wilson. So, uh, for me, it's tough. Um, They don't have these same environments. So, with that being said, while everyone's looking for a dark horse, I've moved in a different direction. Um, And and I'm going to give you two buckets of people that you could pick from. You tell me which bucket you would prefer. And All I, right. I, I want the bucket that has Dak Prescott in it, but go ahead. Okay. So I've got one bucket where you could take either Mahomes or Lamar, and I'll throw Aaron Rodgers in that bucket for good, for good measure. 
That, okay. that Now, that's not going to win you a ton of money unless Rodgers wins. But you could take Mahomes, Lamar, and Rodgers. And if any three of them win, you win a minimum. If you put a unit on each, you'd win a minimum of 50 bucks. That would be if Mahomes won, you'd win the 50 bucks. If Lamar wins, you'd win 800. If Rodgers wins, you'd win 2,500. Bucket two is Wilson, Prescott, and Drew Brees. Easily this bucket. Give me bucket two. Okay. Now, bucket two, the big difference is the amount of money you could win just gambling on that bucket. Um, Wilson is eight to one. That's your lowest bet. That's your lowest denominator is Wilson at eight to one. Then you have Prescott at twenty to one and Breeze at eighteen to one. So the other thing about Bucket Two is none of these players have an MVP. Bucket One is all return MVP candidates. Rogers. Hold on. Did you say Prescott was twenty to one? Yes. Oh, I need to, I need to put some on that right now. Prescott twenty to one, Wilson eight to one, Breeze eighteen to one. You know, uh, bucket one is all return MVPs. Bucket two would be all new MVPs. Uh, I will say that the little bit of, not little bit, the deep dive I did, I'm not going to short myself on that. The deep dive that I did says that most likely the MVP is a repeat candidate. The last two years we've had new MVPs, but... Tom Brady has three, Aaron Rodgers has two, Peyton Manning had five. You, you see the good quarterbacks, the great quarterbacks, win multiple times. That's just what you get. So uh, uh, Mahomes, Lamar, and Rodgers, for me, is where I is a sweet spot I really like. I'm tempted to throw Mahomes out and drop someone else in. I still have a little bit of time. But when I look at this, I really think that we're going to get a repeat MVP candidate. I don't think we're going to go three years in a row with a new MVP every year. I think there's a lot, I th- just think there's too much quarterback talent in the league that's established. And in order, like you said, Dak Prescott's the only one I could see sneaking into there because they're going to need a huge media backing and they're going to have to win their division plus be a one or a two seat. No one's. And that is exactly why I like Dak yep. Prescott. Because if the Cowboys go 13 and three, they run away with the division, they get a first round bye. That hype train is going to be rolling. Rolling. For Scott. It will and be if rolling. That's the case. I like it. Yep. Unless the hype train's rolling for someone else, unless that hype train is redirected by the media, and that hype train goes to some a position that many people undervalue, it would almost be poetic if Ezekiel Elliott was put above Dak Prescott, and Ezekiel Elliott's fifty to one, and if if the Dallas Cowboys are winning games. The whole second half, you're only going to see Ezekiel Elliott. They're going to run the ball. They're going to run the ball. They're going to run the ball. That's what they're going to do when they get a lead. That's what they'd like to do. Um, they have all these offensive weapons to get a lead, but we know the best way to hold on to a lead is to run the ball. I think that with the narratives around Dallas uh, and Dak Prescott waiting for his contract and banking on himself, I think a lot of this could turn towards, well, Dak has all the weapons. Zeke is eating yards. I believe Zeke could have a similar year to Christian McCaffrey. And the only reason Christian McCaffrey didn't get any looks is because they didn't win. I think Dak Prescott's a good bet at 20 to 1. I love Zeke Elliott at 50 to 1. 
I love the whole nature of running backs are completely irrelevant. If there's a good running back right now, I could see a lot of these old NFL MVP voting heads turning the clock back and giving it to Zeke just to fuck with everyone. Um, I think there's enough of a narrative there. I think there's enough of a skill. I think they've got the right pieces. I think he'll run in a lot of seven uh, backs, uh, seven defensive uh, player sets. There won't be eight men in the box. There'll be seven. I think it's going to match up well for him. I also believe at 50 to 1, you can sell that ticket. So last year in the MVP voting, for some bizarre reason, Michael Thomas had the best, best year we've seen at a wide receiver statistically ever. He was in the MVP voting at 4. You just need Zeke to be in that realm and sell that stub to somebody to make good money. You can sell that ticket off for 5-1 to one when you had it at 50 and let someone else take all of that. I think the new way to gamble on MVPs is to take these long shots that the narrative is going to change for them and they're going to have opportunity to sell your ticket. You don't have to cash it all the way to the end. You just buy it as a basically a hold and with the the fan base as large as the dallas cowboys there are going to be enough fools out there that want to own ezekiel elliott 50 to 1 mvp ticket much like a dak prescott mvp ticket just to say that they did it and i think there's a money to be made on the fools in the world and i think if you get odds like that you got to take them so my dark horse candidate this year is not a quarterback it is ezekiel elliott that's bold. That is bold because if they do end up 13-3 and three, and let's say Zeke does have a monster year, if Dak also has a monster year, I feel like it's going to Dak. Yeah, I do too. I don't need it to go to Zeke. I need it to be close. And that's what I'm banking on. I'm banking that those, ra- those, uh, those betters will lean towards uh, some are going to lean towards Zeke, some are going to lean towards Dak, and I just need one of them to buy my ticket. So it's a little different of a strategy. It's not something I, I've ever heard someone really hold to. Um, but with uh, PropSwap and a bunch of these other uh, individual sites popping up where you can sell your long shot bets to, I think we've opened a new market, and it's called uh, being smart and ahead of the game. <laughs> you can find someone of that fan that's going to love Zeke Elliott. You play fantasy football. How many times do you see someone fall in love with their home team and just take their players? They're willing oh, to do that. Year. And they're willing to do that. How I many? Took Derrick Henry this year. They, they, well, that's a good pick. <laughs> but I'm just saying you see it all the time. I think it's time to take advantage of that. So you like bucket two of Wilson, Prescott, and Breeze. I'm going to go bucket one of Mahomes, Lamar, and Rodgers. And my dark horse is Ezekiel Elliott. I like that. There's some other ones in there that people talk about. Kyler Murray, 25 to 1. I just don't see them getting enough wins. Tom Brady, 16 to 1. I, I just don't I just don't see him capable of that at, at his advanced age. I'm gonna I count will him say out. this. If Brady has a big year, the Bucks win, let's say 12 games, and you know, and Brady's up around four thousand yards, you know, over twenty-five touchdowns, that hype train might be stronger than the Dak Prescott hype train. Nah, Especially the, in Tampa. The hype. Look, wait until Dallas is good. The amount of fans that will come out of the woodwork is going to blow your mind. 
They, are there more Dallas fans than there are Tom Brady fans? Yes, by like okay. five to one. I'm telling you that the Dallas fans, I'm in Washington here. I see them when they're about to play the Redskins or they beat the Redskins. I swear to God, it's every car has a fucking Dallas flag or a Dallas. It is so many fucking people. It's because they were America's team for a long time. They weren't the most winningest team when it comes to playoff success, but they were dubbed America's team and they rolled with that for a long time. So there are just so many Dallas fans ready to come out of the woodwork. If Pittsburgh has a good year this year, same fucking thing. You will see them fucking everywhere. That is just how they are. They are everywhere. Actually, the uh, both Steeler fans that I talk to to this day both live in Florida. So they they are everywhere. They're never in Pittsburgh, but they are everywhere else. So uh, I do know a lot of Steelers fans here. A lot. It doesn't even make sense. No, they. It's the way it is. Wait till the day. And the, the Cowboys fans are lurking, man. They're lurking. They're just waiting for a good year to just fire out of cannons. They're going to. It's going to be soon. They're frothing at the mouth they, right now. They really are. I'm. I'm not kidding you. They really are. Okay. Here's another fun one. Another fun bet. Last winless team. Okay. So this Ooh. is. Yeah, I like that one. This is fun. Now, here's the problem. I went and looked up all these favorites, okay? Uh, number one being Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be the last unbeaten, last beaten team. Uh, and the Jacksonville Jaguars are 3-1. to one. You, you, There's no money there. In football, 3-1. to one. Here's the other problem with Jacksonville. You ready to hear their starting schedule? Here's their first six games, right? A team only goes 0-6 every year. So here's Jaguars first six games Colts Titans two division games I think both the Titans and the Colts should win them but they are division games then they get the Dolphins then they get the Bengals then they get Houston and then they get the Lions uh, you tell me they're they winning w- one of those games right okay now if they don't they will not win another game for the rest of the year but that's such a dead shit you just gave me Two of the worst teams in football last year, the Dolphins and the Bengals, and the other one being the Jaguars, and you're going to roll them all together two weeks back-to-back. I just got no fucking interest in that. That's just so risky. So then I said, okay, give me um, who's next on the list, right? It's the Washington football team. They're five and a half to one. Not bad. Here's who they start their year with. Here's their first six. Philly, Cardinals. Browns, Ravens, Rams, Giants. I I think that they could pull one of those out. They then go Cowboys, Giants, Lions, Bengals. Ah, is Washington going to be a 0-6 team? They kept it close to the Eagles twice. I don't know. I think they could win one of these games. They're on my radar, but for five and a half... New coach, new system, I don't know. That's tough for me to say that they'll they'll go 0-6 in those games. You know who I kind of like for this bet? Who? I kind of like the New York Giants. Yep. So the, it gets down to there's two teams I really like. The Giants and the Panthers. The Giants, they the problem I have with the Giants is their first four I mean, sorry, their first game, I see them getting trounced by the Steelers. I don't know what's going to happen in that Bears game. That could just go fucking ugly. 
But after that, there's basically four games until they meet the until they meet Washington, and that, right? And that's it. That I think they could be zero and four going into that Washington game, and zero and five, and so could Washington. And that's that's kind of my reservation about either one of those teams is one of them has to win that fucking game. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like they one of them will eliminate themselves and I'm trying to get to 0 and 6. You know what I mean? Like that I, I look at 0 and 6. There's like always a team. How many teams last year were like 0 and 5, 0 and 6? There were two or three. They eventually all fell out of it uh with Miami kind of leading the pack there, but I'm trying uh, uh, to two two in two games against Washington last year, they won both of them. Uh one of them they won big, one of them they won in overtime. So Maybe Washington is the team that we need to be looking at. I was looking at Washington as going, hey, this is probably my best bet. Now, there is there is the Carolina Panthers. The Carolina Panthers, only thing that scares the shit out of me is immediately their game one. They play the fucking Raiders week one. So they go Raiders, Bucks, Chargers, Cardinals, Falcons, Bears. All the shitty teams, the NFL just lined all the shitty teams up and had them play each other week one. They just lined them all up. Like, I, I can't even go the Bengals. The Bengals are 9-1. to one. You can't go the Bengals route either because the Bengals play all the bad teams early on. The Bengals are playing the Browns, the Jaguars uh, in the first six weeks. The NFL crapped on this bet for me because they put all the freaking good teams against all the good teams and all the bad teams start the year somehow against the bad teams so i'm looking a little more uh, i'm gonna find the sweet spot i like the carolina panthers to be the last winless team at eight to one that's where i'm gonna go um i think the panthers will lose to the raiders lose to the bucks um and, and then from there uh it's 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 a little up in the air but if those odds don't do it for you the Los Angeles Chargers. I was just looking at them. The, I have them pulled up on my screen right now. The problem is, in their first six weeks, they play the Bengals, the Panthers, the and, the and the Jets. Panthers and, and the, the Jets. Yeah, no. oh, you can't take them. You can't. I, you They're going to be one of those teams. They fucking loaded all these bad teams versus each other. So I go, okay, I got to go with the Panthers because they're the only one out of that group that I really like that doesn't play everyone else in that group. The, the problem with the Redskins and the – oh, not the Redskins anymore. The Washington Football Club and the Giants is they're going to play each other. The problem with the Jaguars is they play a bunch of division games, and we don't know how that goes as well as playing Miami. The problem with the Bengals is they play all the bad teams to start the year as well. So I'm stuck with the Panthers because they don't. there's not as much overlap. They lose to the Raiders week one. They lose to the Bucks. Then you have the Chargers, right? They just If they get over that hurdle, I'm really looking at it as going the Panthers and the Chargers are going to be the last two unbeaten teams. Uh, uh, beaten teams so i may lump them both in together but right now i lean the panthers at eight to one man just looking at that panther schedule they play the raiders they play the chargers they play the cardinals and they play the bears in their first six games you gotta think they get one of those you, 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 right but look at all those teams you think everyone should get one like i'm looking at the i love the fucking chargers <laughs> Week one, Bengals, son of a bitch. Like, 
you know, week one, Bengals, son of a bitch. Week three, Panthers, son of a bitch. Week six, Jets. I'm like, I can't get a break. <laughs> the Chargers are going to be three and three and a terrible football team just because they're playing other terrible football teams. The Chargers also in their season get the Dolphins. So it's like two more weeks later, a week after the Jets, they get the Dolphins. So if they get the 0-6, they, you know, it's just... Ugh, I like the Panthers. I like the Panthers to lose to the Raiders. I like the Panthers to lose to the Bucks and the Chargers. Lose to the Cardinals. I'm going to go with the Panthers to be the last team with a win. Okay. All right. I'm, so, I'm not mad at that. It is an insane start to the season, though, with all those bad teams that we know nothing about playing each other. It's going to be very <laughs> that, di- That's pretty funny, actually. It is, it's <laughs> diabolical to get through. Uh, okay. Um, let's go to playoff odds next. And with the playoff odds... I'm not going to read through all. I'm just going to read out the ones I like. And there were a couple that uh, rang a bell for me. Number one, the Atlanta Falcons to win the play, to make the playoffs. Remember, there's an additional playoff team this year. The Atlanta Falcons should be on your radar to make the playoffs. Uh, the way they finished the end of the last year. Plus, you can get two to one odds for them to make the playoffs. I like that bet. I like Atlanta. So they were 7-9 and nine last year, but yep. they closed the year with four straight wins. Yep, they got a little healthy. They changed their defensive mindset. I like them to round the corner and be a candidate for the playoffs this year. Two to one for me. Two to one, I I, I just think those are really good odds, especially when you add another playoff round. Uh, So do you think that three teams from the NFC South are going to make the playoffs? Because I think the Saints are a lock. And so if you have Atlanta making the playoffs, do you have Tampa missing? Or do you have three teams from the NFC South going? Um, Honestly, at this point, I haven't narrowed down my final playoff spots. I probably won't. I just like what I when I look at Atlanta, if I say, hey, Atlanta has a 10 and six year. Does that blow you away? Atlanta going 10 and six in impossible to fathom like uh I just don't no, see it. No, I wouldn't call it impossible. It's just that division's tough. That Carolina's div- your only easy win. Yep, so you get two there. Let's say you split with one of the other teams. That means you're 3-3 three and three in the division. You, you win You win a couple games outside of it. You could be looking. Like, I see them as a 9-7, and 10-6 team. Uh, they've, I don't see any fall off from Matt Ryan. I love their weapons all the way around. Uh, they... they their entire offensive line is first-round draft picks. I think this is a team that could gel around the corner and and be not dominant, but definitely pesky. And when you give me two-to-one odds on it, that's that's a lot for me. You know, uh, you're, here are your options. If you wanted to go two-to-one, you're looking at your two-to-one range. The Cardinals are also two-to-one to make the playoffs. Do the Cardinals have a better shot at making it out of that division than the – uh, no, equally tough division, in my opinion. Might be tougher. I think Maybe. it's way tougher. Who's the worst team in in Atlanta? In uh, uh, the, the, the West Cardinals would be the worst team, right. In a tougher division, and yeah. they're giving you worse odds. On they're saying that the Cardinals are more likely to make it than the Falcons, and to me, that is incorrect. And that's what I bet on. When I see an imbalance like that. I like it, and I jump on it because I think it's a blind spot. Everyone's on the, the Kyler Murray hype. They added they added Hopkins. I get it. Their problem wasn't the offense. Their offensive line is bad. Their defense has great parts, but the sum of their defense is not good at all. So I don't like that team. 
I like them to be uh, like an eight and eight, you know, seven and nine team. That's why I see them, and that would be a big improvement. Uh, but I don't. I think the Falcons are capable of a greater jump. So I, I line up into that. Uh, another thing I wanted to talk about. Uh, the Buffalo Bills to not make the playoffs. Um, I'm not going to bet on it because that division's terrible. But the, Vegas is kind of on the fence with this. The, uh, it's a little, a little more uh, in depth on uh, the Buffalo Bills. They're over under, I believe, is nine and a half, and they also see that the Vegas thinks that. The, the the five to nine wins is where Vegas has said that's the minus money. Meaning between five and seven wins is where the five and nine wins, sorry, is where the team's going to end up. That's minus 125. There's, so to, if they don't get to nine wins, which Vegas is saying they're going to be somewhere between five and nine, not 10 to 14, five to nine. That's where Vegas likes them. That's the five doesn't get you, six doesn't get you, seven doesn't get you, eight doesn't get you in. Only the nine gets you in. Vegas is basically protecting the nine. Their over-under is nine. And and to me, that's an interesting bet because you could take them to not make the playoffs at plus 155. But I, I think you lay off it. If you, if you feel stronger than me about the Bills having a regression year, you should take it. Uh, because the money's there, and Vegas is saying the money's there. Uh, moving along, Denver Broncos to make the playoffs. Yes, plus 170. Um, I've been on the Broncos all year long, or all offseason. I'll continue to be on the Broncos. Houston Texans to make the playoffs is plus 160 as well. Um, I think I, I like Houston. I'm a little... I'm a little less enthusiastic about Denver. Let's take a couple steps back. Tell me right. why you think Denver is is a lock for the playoffs. A Drew uh, a lock, lock for the playoffs. You see what I see? A Drew see lock. Yeah, a Drew lock. Uh, so let let's break down what what happened to Denver last year. Denver started off with losing Bradley Chubb to a knee ACL injury for the year. Um, they had issues with Chris Harris. Uh, they had a brand new coach in place. They brought in Joe Flacco. That didn't work out. The offensive line was in shambles. The offensive coordinator was a joke. Through all of that, Drew Locke had really good performances. He also had bad performances. When breaking down the film of Drew Locke, his bad performances are mainly due to two things. One, a offensive coordinator who refused to do anything other than run the ball and put Drew Locke in third and long situations, and an offensive line that did nothing but get holding penalties. So I saw routinely it would be first and 15, uh, or first and 10 with a run that goes to the right side of the offensive line for two yards, then a penalty on holding on those two yards. So it's now first and 15. Instead of at that point the coordinator going, okay, let's get a pass in here, Turns around and runs the ball again. Okay, great. It's now second and 12. And then he'd turn around and run the ball a fucking again. And you go, all right. 
Cool. Now it's third and ten, Drew Locke. What are you going to do? Now, that whole time, anytime Drew Locke was put in those situations, I see the eyes continuously looking downfield. I see him working through his first and second progressions. Didn't see a whole lot past that, but that's okay. He's new. Um, And I also thought his mobility was pretty good. Rolling out of the pocket, getting clean throws. We saw some great throws from him. I I saw some great ability to keep your eyes downfield in the face of pressure. Now, what did they do in the offseason? They went out and got Jerry Judy. Top three wide receiver in the NFL draft. So they add him to Drew Locke. They sign Melvin Gordon, a bell cow running back that's going to now, Philip Lindsay now gets to play that Eckler role. They draft offensive linemen, sign offensive linemen to beef their interior, and they fire their offensive coordinator and bring in another offensive coordinator. So I look at all the problems they had and I go, you kind of fixed most of them. You're getting Chubb back on defense. You still got Von Miller. You also trade for A.J. Bouye from the Jacksonville Jaguars, so you bolster your defense. And I like, I really like when a team has problems and then self-identifies them. Um, so I, I, I like what Denver did in the offseason. I like how the, Drew Locke looked at the end of the year. So, And I trust Vic Fangio as a X's and O's and disciplinarian to get this team where it needs to be for the season. So the reason I like the Denver Broncos is every single thing they did poorly last year, they had at least attempted to address. I can't say addressed because I don't see results yet. They haven't played. But they've at least made the attempt to fix those issues. Okay, I'm not mad at it. Is <clears throat> with Drew Locke, it's just there's a risk involved there. You know, I like yep. the rest of this roster, but with Drew Locke, we got a small sample size last year. The sample size that we got was it was decent. It, it wasn't the greatest. It yep. wasn't bad. So I need to see it over, you know, over a full season before I'm uh, before I can get on the hype train. But I do have him in a dynasty league, so I hope that you're right. So here's the thing. They say that the Denver, and this to me is Vegas giving a little bit of a nod here. Vegas thinks that Denver Broncos have a better chance to make the playoffs than the Cardinals or the uh, Atlanta Falcons. Now, just. Yeah, I would agree with that. So I, I like it. Also, the division isn't very good. You have Mahomes, I get it. You have Mahomes. But after that, who is it? The Raiders? The Chargers? I don't know. You got some wins you could take in there. So uh, I like that also Denver has an easier schedule with them finishing behind in uh, standings last year. So I like Denver for that reason. Uh, Houston making the playoffs is pretty linear thought. Give me the best quarterback in the division. I think they'll make the playoffs. You know, end of discussion. Yeah, uh, I agree with Houston. They they haven't missed the playoffs in recent history. I don't expect that to start this year. They lost DeAndre Hopkins, and that means they're not a playoff team. I just don't see it. I'm not buying that shit. Uh, they might not. They might not win the division, but they're definitely a fucking playoff team. Um, next on the list, I have the Minnesota Vikings are minus one thirty five to make the playoffs. When have the Vikings not made the playoffs? They made the playoffs with Case Keenum. This is still a good team. Uh, I like them to make the playoffs at minus 135. Yeah, and honestly, I didn't think that the Packers were three wins better than them last year, but I didn't think that the Packers were three wins better than them, if that makes sense. I I actually like the Vikings to win the division. So you can get the Vikings at minus 135 to make the playoffs. Here's another. The last two I have on the list I just think are low-hanging fruit. 
Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers went eight and eight last year without a quarterback, and I mean without a quarterback. They get Ben back. If Ben's at fifty percent health, fifty, that's still f- like fifty times better than whoever they had last year between Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph. So the Pittsburgh Steelers are minus one thirty-five to make the playoffs. I like that as well. A little deeper stat, if you pulled back that curtain and said, hey, let's say there was an extra playoff team through the last three years, uh, or I think it's last five years, three of those would have been the Pittsburgh Steelers the other years they made the playoffs. So the Pittsburgh Steelers would be in the playoffs regularly with this playoff wild card anyway. Um, and then the- Them going 8-8 eight and eight with Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges is pretty impressive, actually. Right. And then the last bit is the Seattle Seahawks are minus 150 to make the playoffs. Come on. Come on. The Seattle Seahawks aren't making the playoffs? Are you fucking kidding me? Minus 150? Yeah, no. Wilson would have to be hurt for that that's, to even be that's a, crazy. a conversation. That's crazy to me. The Seahawks don't get in the playoffs. That's what you're fucking trying to sell me. No chance, sir. Minus 150 Seattle for the playoffs. Um, couple, couple notes in here. Uh, that you are parlayable, um, that that offer some decent odds. Oh, I also like the Packers to make the playoffs. They were 13-3 and three last year. They're minus 130 to make it. That's cheap as shit to me. Do you think that the Packers are going to have such a regression that they end up with four less wins? I don't see that. I don't think anyone in that division got that much better to even challenge them. So you're, I think you're going to look at, 11 win team easily in the playoffs the, the Packers minus 130 to me is fucking chump change you got to take that yeah the division's weak uh, they're gonna get some easy wins off Chicago and Detroit I kind of like Minnesota better than I like Green Bay this season but uh, that being said I still like Green Bay to make the playoffs they're not gonna go from 13 and 3 to missing the playoffs so yeah I'm with you yeah without a major injury so and that could happen but they did draft a backup to take over for him so you know, they, they still should be a good team. So those are the playoff odds I like. Uh, there are two last bits that we're going to get into. Uh, I'll, I'll, tell, I'll stop now. I do not have a Super Bowl winner. I don't pick one. I'm not picking one this year. It's, it's tough and the odds aren't any good. So I, I'm really laying off that there are better odds on everything out. You get better odds for making the playoffs, winning division, being MVP, uh, than winning the Super Bowl. So... I've laid off the Super Bowl bet. Um, I, All right, I, so I know that for for the money, you're not going to bet it. But just for the podcast's sake, who would be your pick? Let's say someone hands you $1,000 and says you have to put it on someone. I'm putting it on the Ravens. Okay. A little homer pick there? Or is, yeah. You know, I, explain. I, mean, uh, I, I think they their old Thomas thing sucks. But besides that, which... The secondary wasn't a problem for us last year. Let's say it gets a little worse. The secondary is healthier this year. Uh, we go three corners deep, and it's we have two A plus plus corners, and then a B minus corner and Jimmy Smith. So I think the secondary is going to be fine. You add Calais Campbell, you add Derek Wolf, um, you you sure up your linebackers across the board. Uh, you go out and you draft additional wide receivers to help Lamar. Uh, you, you lose Yonda, but you, we've, we should be able to fill someone who can at least admirably fill in. Your left tackle is a top three tackle in football. Your right tackle is a top ten right tackle in football. You've got a good offensive coordinator. You've got a quarterback that continues to climb and show growth. 
You've got a wide receiver who should be healthier this year in Marquise Brown. And you've got a great tight end in Mark Andrews. There's just a lot to fucking like. All right, and who would you who would you expect the Ravens to be playing against in that Super Bowl? So the NFC, I, <laughs> I'm gonna get shot for this. I, <laughs> I really fucking love Dallas. Uh, that's what I was gonna pick too. I actually like Chiefs Cowboys. That's gonna be my way too early Super Bowl prediction. Yeah, I like the Cowboys. I like everything they're doing. Mind you, we are upgrading from a coach who's won two playoff games to a Super Bowl winning coach who went every single year. Okay? So that that's that that I'm fine with. You know, like that's <laughs> it's a big upgrade. Uh, your head coach got significantly better. So right. I think I think there's room to grow there. But I didn't bet on it because I just think there are other ways to spend my money that I like. Um, to, the other thing is uh, um, sorry, the, the last thing that I've really got, the season uh, over-unders. Um, and this is, uh, there's only a few season over-unders that I'm in love with. Uh, there are a couple that I think are worth discussing. We'll run through them real quick. But for Super Bowl, yeah, I'm just going to kind of let a little bit of the season come to me for making that distinction. Um, the, the Baltimore Ravens are over under this year at 11 and a half now i'm guessing you like that i don't like the over under you know what i like i like you can bet the exact win total if you i think the ravens are going to be a better team this year better than 14 and 2 which means at 18 to 1 i can take the ravens to win 15 to 16 games 18 to 1 I think there's I, I think that's a good play at 18 to 1. I think that's a little crazy. Um use their over unders 11 and a half. I like a different over unders more, but a sweet spot is 15 to 16 wins at 18. So, uh, I I really like that. Uh, another discussion point I have is with the Bills. Like I was saying earlier, Vegas says that over nine wins for the Bills is minus 130. Minus 130 is bet $130 to win 100, right? Under nine wins is a flat bet. Bet 100, win 100. Now, here's where things don't line up in my head. Vegas has said that the favorite of over under is over nine wins. But that's not what they say when you break it down into an exacta. When you break the Bills down into an exact win total, Vegas says the favorite is for the Bills to land between five and nine wins, which would be the under. Now, I'm getting mixed messages here because for the Bills to win 10 to 14 games, I get even money. But for the Bills to win over nine games, I have to give up money. So Vegas is saying that the Bills are more likely to hit between 5 and 9 than 10 and 14. So they're liking the under. But when you're just going to bat it flat, they like the over. Which means Vegas has pegged the Bills at exactly 9 wins, no more, no less. I am terrified of everything around that because Vegas is hedging all sides of this bet, expecting the Bills to have a down year. 
So I I, I, I don't know I, how to feel about that, honestly. That, that could, couldn't you easily see them going six and ten? Which would be what Vegas is saying. Right. So yeah, you know, I'm looking at Vegas, and Vegas goes, "Nope, uh, we believe that the Buffalo Bills uh, are going to win over nine games. Uh, we believe the public feels that way, and so to bet, you have to bet $130 to win 100." But if you thought the Bills would go five to nine, you would just bet one hundred and twenty-five to win a hundred. And I wish you... I felt better about the Bills' offense because I do feel good about the Bills' defense. Yep. But I just don't trust them to score the amount of points that you need to score to go into the ten to fourteen win range. If the division was better, I'd feel better about fading the Bills. I don't. The Bills also said that under nine wins is even money. This is a fringe playoff team, is what Vegas is predicting. Not say Vegas couldn't be wrong, but it's the way I feel that the Bills are a fringe playoff team, not a dominant, not a dominant playoff team. So, uh, just something to call out. Uh, another one. I'll move on to the next one that I first bet that I actually am going to put money on: uh, the Carolina Panthers under five and a half wins. Sign me up. Uh, that me. I do not believe the Panthers will win a game in their division. I believe they will go zero and six. And that means out of the remainder 10 games that they're going to play, they're going to have to win six of them. I don't see that as a capability for the Panthers. So I like under five wins. Oh, it's under five wins is also even money. So it's a great little plug. So what do you like? Do you have any bets that you know are kind of offhand, something that the public generally wouldn't be looking at that you like? <sighs> give, give me a sleeper bet You know that, that I wouldn't have been looking at. Um, so... Yeah, it's the same two teams. Uh, I really like the Denver Broncos over seven and a half wins. I think that's free money at thirteen at three to one. You can take the Denver Broncos to finish between ten and fourteen wins. I don't think they're capable of eleven, but I'm, I want to pay for the ten. Um, another thing that's interesting about the Broncos is Vegas expects them right around seven to nine. Again, that's why I like the uh, the the over. Uh, they are also fading the over. They believe that the Denver Broncos will make over the over. Um, honestly, when it comes to the over-unders, there's nothing that I think alarmingly sticks out. I think the Denver Broncos are low. And here's another one. I think the Dallas Cowboys right now are 9.5. I'm all over the Dallas Cowboys over 9.5. And, and if you go 10 to 14 range, you can get better odds at 144, uh, 155. So it, it, before you make your season-long bets, make sure you check the exact win totals because I think there's more in there. Um, I will tell you the, the, the bet that I'm going to make for uh, over-under that I think is going to yield the most money is going to be the Los Angeles Chargers under 7.5 wins gives you plus 125. So that's somewhere I believe you can make good uh, money. 7.5 yeah, like is a that. lot. They're, yep. they're not passing 7 wins. Right. So you And you get the half. So if they finish 7-9, and nine, you're a winner. I love that one. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are under 9.5. I love that too. That is a banged up team, so um, I, I I love that 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 little hole as well. Um, here's another one: Green Bay Packers. Their over under is nine wins. You get plus money if you go over nine wins. The Packers won 13 games last year. You think they're gonna drop four? Let's say they drop four wins. Four wins. That pushes your over. That pushes it. You make get your money back. 
take the Green Bay Packers over nine wins. Those are ones that I'm just all over. And then uh, I, I don't see how they those bets, I, I'm just struggling to find a way they don't cover without a major injury. Because I, I think that and when it comes to the Eagles under nine and a half, they've already had like nine injuries. So uh, let's just round up to where the Eagles are last year. Last year, the Eagles didn't have a wide receiver with over 400 passing yards. That's fucking nothing, receiving yards. This year, they're going to start without Aguilar. They're going to start without their rookie, Jalen Rager. Uh, they lost their left tackle. They lost their right tackle. So, uh, for the season, for the season. So, minus 139, if the Eagles get to 9-7, and seven, it would be a coaching masterpiece. I don't know if they get there. Even if they do, that still covers the under. So, those are the ones for the over-under that I like. And that pretty much wraps up everything I'm looking at. I, I've, I've been betting every year the conference winners and the uh, Super Bowl winner. I just don't think those have high probability. And like I said, if you like someone to win the conference, it's just easier money to turn around and bet on them. Bet that same amount you think you'd win on them to hit their over-unders. It's a way greater chance you have a higher probability of hitting it. Uh, and your payout can be just as much. You just got to up how much you're putting on it, and the risk is way less. So I'm fading away from Super Bowl, uh, you know, NFC, AFC Championship, who's going to win. I'm going with over-unders. I'm going with ranges of over-unders. Uh, I'm taking playoff odds. Those are all ways I want to make money, and then I'll just let all the rest of it come to me. I, I like all of that, man. Your your back must hurt. You you're carrying me this episode. I like it. I I I've got like forty four tabs open on on my computer, <laughs> and I've just been I've just been flipping through it. The the playoffs and breaking it down is is something that I'm I'm just obsessed with. If you do want one long shot for making the playoffs, uh, the Miami Dolphins are three and a half to one to make the playoffs. So. If, if you want something fun and you just want a team that you don't, you know, most people don't have a rooting interest. But if you want to see a franchise that I believe is getting itself out of the dirt and how they turn it around and you want to say that you were on the bandwagon first before everyone else, that is a division of turmoil uh, with everyone trending down. The only team that's really trending up in that division is Miami. So if you want to kind of get ahead of it and, and, and put a gold star on your plate, you could go with the Miami Dolphins at plus plus money for that playoff spot and it would just it's just a fun little bet and you, you the other thing is with this additional playoff spot is you take someone like miami and they probably aren't eliminated from that bet if they do get eliminated till like week 12 so you get a lot of uh there's just a lot of fun in that uh you get to play around being like oh the dolphins are still in the chase until you know week 12 13 and by then they, they may actually have a playoff spot so that's a fun one um but that about wraps it up for me leo do you have any parting thoughts no, man, I'm looking at these week one odds, and I, I know that we're going to do a season preview next week, and some of these odds look juicy. I can't wait to get to that. Oh, man, I'm salivating. NFL is is my little baby. Next Thursday, we get kickoff. I mean, we're, we're the two months ago before the NBA kicked back up and baseball was still dormant. You know, a lot of things were in question. Uh, it seems college football's rounding full force into things. The NBA is working into round two of their playoffs. Baseball's chugging along. 
we're going to get football this year, man. It's great. And uh, I think this year is going to be super fucking exciting. I think it's going to be a, a unique experience across the board. Let me ask you one thing before we get out of here, and that's just in case we can't get the NFL preview up before uh, week one kicks off on Thursday. I'm sure we will, but just in case not. Yeah. What do you like in that first game, Houston versus KC? And, you know, I the line is minus nine and a half for KC, but I feel like Houston normally plays them tough. I feel like that's going to be a high-scoring game, and I don't know if I like nine and a half. I'm going to tease the Kansas City Chiefs. So a six-point teaser, two parts. I'm going to tease the Kansas City Chiefs down to three and a half, and I'm going to take the over and move it to 40, 48. So over 48, and then uh, Kansas City minus three and a half is what I'm going to do. Okay, I like it. I might roll with that too. I try to look, you know, look around corners a little bit. I thought there was one other. No, it's the Monday night game. No, we'll we'll, we'll be on before then. But yeah. Uh, you know, the other thing about that game, oh, they haven't released individual props yet on this site that I'm looking at, but there are some props you could go for. The Chiefs are going to be fucking hyped. <laughs> right, They're going to exactly. be out of their gourd. Uh, the Texans, I'll tell you this, as much shit as everyone gives Bill O'Brien as a GM, that team is always prepared to play. So... Uh, and and they're, they're capable of sh- getting in a shootout. They're healthy to start the year. Um, the Chiefs Chiefs capable of pulling up a million points. I like over 48 minus 3.5. Uh, the other side of that you could go is, hey, tease the Texans up with 6 points. That means you're going to get the Texans at 15.5. More than two touchdowns. Yeah, I think that might be the route I go because I kind of – I'm not going to say that I'm picking Houston to win week one, but yeah. I'm picking Houston to make it a fight. Make it a fight. If you like them making it a fight, then then tease them up. You know, tease the over down to 48, and then tease your the Houston Texans up to 15 and a half. Look, I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to sit on this to the last minute and hope that that Houston line gets to 10 and a half, and I can get 16 and a half, which would, which would cover two touchdowns and almost a field goal. So that's that's where I like it. So, all right. That wraps up the football betting extravaganza pod. Uh, as always, you can find me on Pick and Play 37 on Twitter. Leo, people can find you at Pick and Scroll. Uh, we have our new Twitter handle up, Pick and Play, which is going to be dropping all these pods. As always, subscribe, rate, review. We appreciate it. Give us feedback online. Reach out to us. If you say something shitty to us, uh, we may not get back to you. But we may also get back to you. So take your shot. Oh, I'll get back to you. Take, take your fucking shot, um, you, you wrangly man. So thanks for tuning in. Uh, subscribe, rate, listen. And as always, stay safe, and we will see you next week.